If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Taking you behind the curtain, it's the Joan Hamburg Show, Talk Radio 77 WABC. Well, a real treat for all of us today. The one and only Juliana Margulis is my guest. You know Juliana, great actress, an author, a memoir, which is really a big deal. And even though, well, I thought that the best women characters in television belonged to Juliana. Carol Hathaway on ER and won a zillion awards for that. And of course, Alicia made everyone want to become a lawyer, even me. And I come from a family of lawyers, the good wife. We love that. But you know, Juliana, most of all, I loved reading about your life because I'm sure when you wrote it, you thought, is that my life? You know, it wasn't like a milk and cookies life. No, it certainly wasn't. No. Yeah, I I think um, a lot of the book came out of of me trying to decompress from playing Alicia Fork for seven years and realizing that I had spent more time worried about her and not putting myself first. And when I started to sort of try and um, really dissect why I was, I had gotten so sick when I, when I wrapped the show, I, I, I ended up getting the chicken pox. Bad I don't adults. know. It is brutal. And I know why I don't own a gun. Uh, well, many reasons, <laughs> but that I definitely would have shot myself. It was really painful. And um, I thought, how much stress have I been holding on to and powering through my life without paying attention? And maybe I need to start examining my own life um, and why I love playing characters so much so I can be in someone else's shoes other than my own. And, you know, with every life, you have to you have to look at your childhood and find out why you work the way you do as an adult and how are you able to change that narrative for yourself as an adult when no one else has power, but you. Um, so it was, um, it was a deep dive and uh, I, I was lucky to have a great editor, Pamela Cannon, who kept pushing me um, to dig deeper, which was painful. <laughs> but and also and really so cathartic. hard. Yeah, I'm it was sure. because ultimately you know, the story is, it's, it's not a woe is me story. It's a being able to look at your life and see the beauty from it and to be able to create the future you want um, from that childhood and to not have the toxicity of anger towards your parents, which I see so many of my friends still harbor. And I find that especially when my father passed away suddenly in 2014, um, I was so grateful that, that we had worked through it all. That we, he died right. and we were, we were good. Um, and I only felt love for him. And as and, I will when my mother passes away eventually, 
Um, I have moved on and forgiven and we've worked it out. And I, and I, I called them to task on it. You know, I said, I need an apology before I can move on. on. And I, I think it's really important to be able to go out in the world without that kind of toxicity, because when you carry it, you're bringing it out into the world. Rather but Juliana, than, when, when you talk to yeah, your father and, you know, and explain to him, I think it was on the phone call, why he had to apologize to you. That was a big deal and a brave thing because in many ways, your father was your escape from a very complicated life with your mother, you and your siblings. Right, exactly. And also because I I put him on such a pedestal. He was my hero. And I saw how He was charming and adorable. And he was a relief from a very complicated existence. That's such a great point, Joan. And, And to that point, I would say... The mother gets blamed for everything. (laughs) (laughs) I was blaming my mother for everything. And it wasn't until I was pregnant with my own child and reading these letters that I had written to my father as a child where I realized, wait a minute, he's half responsible for me. Why didn't he show up? Mm -hmm. Why did he let this um, happen? Why did he let this happen? I didn't want to see him in that light because he was my savior in many ways. But as an adult, I had to sort of confront him with that, which was, I was so scared. And I'm telling you, if I wasn't raging with hormones from being pregnant, Mm. I probably wouldn't have had the guts to do it. Um, Because he hated confrontation. He was a very peaceful man. And and I I saw how the world looked at him um, from inside my family to outside my family. He was everybody's go-to guy. He was calm. He was smart and wise and philosophical. And and successful. Um, and successful and sophisticated and, you know, everything you would want. And yet, he allowed my mother uh, to drag me and my sisters around the world at her whim in not secure situations, in incredibly difficult circumstances, and he saw me twice a year as a child. What father allows us that? I know. It's hard to believe because reading him, I wanted him in my family until (laughs) I did. And, and you know, I came of age during those early advertising years. So the jobs that your father had were like dreams, if only someone like yeah. Mary Wells would send us to England or us to someplace. <laughs> yeah. But you know, we didn't have the mothers that even though they were divorced, who said, well, he's living there. Why should I live here in the burbs? I'm out of here. Come on, girls, we're going. <laughs> so you girls were unreal. Now, I was curious about your sisters after you did the book. What was, forget your mother and father, we'll get there, but what was, what was that reaction? You know, um, it was good. It was good. Um, my my eldest sister, um, Alexandra, um, thanked me. You know, she said, "I I am so grateful you've written this down." I think I think to be able to see it in writing um, is very different than remembering it yourself. 
Of right? course. And yeah. and of course, during the journey of writing, I mean, I I purposefully listen. Writing a memoir is tricky because everyone has their own experiences within the family. So I can only write from what I know. Mm-hmm. And because I was the youngest, my experience was different than my sister's, which is why I only wrote from my point of view, except the monkey story in Paris when my mother left oh, the I monkey know. in our room. Tell, yeah, tell that, <laughs> tell that story. You know, well, um, Juliana's mother always had to have a man in her life and most of these men were complicated and came with a lot of baggage, including one had a monkey. So. One, one had a monkey. And my mother, we were living in Paris, and my mother brought home a man she had met um, at a club. And he happened to have a pet monkey that sort of, I guess, lived on his shoulder, is what I'm assuming. I was three, and um, the one sister was six and a half, and the other was nine. And we all shared a room, and my mother came home with this gentleman and, and opened our door. My mother my mother was not uh, uh, familiar with animals on any level. Animals, Especially monkeys. A, especially monkeys. So I think she just didn't really wasn't thinking, but she opened our door. We were sound asleep, and she put the monkey in our room and went off to her room with this man. The boyfriend, right. And I, the new man. The, I guess, the new guy. Um, and, uh, I woke up and I distinctly remember this. I mean, you know, you remember trauma, you remember drama. You don't remember the everyday normalcy of life. You remember the, which is why it was so easy to write this book because there weren't a lot of normal days in my life. (laughs) No, from Um, Paris to New Hampshire, but we'll get there in a little bit. Yeah. So go ahead. So so I woke up with with these um, hands on my face and I, opened my eyes and I saw this monkey staring at me and I started screaming and the monkey started screaming and then the monkey <laughs> flew up to the bunk bed to my, my middle sister, Rachel. She started screaming. They flew down to Alexandra's bed and there was a flying monkey, like just screaming in our <laughs> room and we're all screaming. And my mother comes in and puts on the light and says, what is all the ruckus? And we're like, mom, there's a monkey in our room. And she said, Oh, girl, that's just ridiculous. Don't be so silly. It's just a monkey. And she turns the light off and shuts the door. And go, that's oh, what I remember. Mother. And and when I was writing that story, I I called both of my sisters and I said, am I crazy? Or did this happen? This is what I remember. And then they each gave me their own version of that story. And um, so in the book, I, you know, I'm trying to be as truthful and honest as possible. So I said, how can three girls all remember the same story in a different variation yeah, my mother says that never happened. <laughs> but but the three, I know, because in her world, it didn't happen. It was just something he came with, like a new shirt. Exactly, exactly. What's the big deal? No big deal. So, but, yes, you know, there were a lot of experiences like that. <laughs> you, you had a lot, and who knew what country you were going to be in from one moment to the next. But the truth is, you're, to me, a very unusual actress in that you are so much your character, so inside your character that I remember when it was almost the end of The Good Wife, I thought, how is Juliana going to become Juliana again? It was so intense. You're inhabiting Alicia or inhabiting Carol. And that's, Actually, the worst parts of your growing up 
gave you a gift in a way of being able to oh, inhabit she, these women and yeah, make them just, strong. Yeah. Yeah. Unreal. And, uh, thank you so much for saying that because um, I think I think one of the things, one of the reasons I fell in love with acting, and I didn't know it until I was on stage, and I write about this in the book, um, you know, I, I, I didn't think it was an important enough job. I guess I thought I really wanted to make a, I wanted to, <laughs> make a, a an imprint in the world of women in, in, in the way my grandmother did. Um, you know, uh-huh, she was a, one of the first, yeah, one of the first female uh, lawyers. She started the, the, the Women's Bar um, Association in the Bronx. She, she was a real uh, trailblazer, and I didn't realize it until I got older how important her role in the world was, um, especially to me. And um, I thought that I wanted to do that, but I, I didn't have that kind of a brain. I just, it, it, it's the, the minutia of being a lawyer and the, the reading of all of those documents was boring to me. Um, and when I got to college and was in my first play, I, I remember feeling so at home on stage. And home is what I had been searching for my whole life. Right. A, 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 a secure home. So when I put on, you know, I mean, the first role, I was in a David Wade play called In the Boom Boom Room, and I was a go-go dancer. It was a nothing part. Um, but to me, it was an everything part because the second I put those go-go boots on and got you my became. little, you know, yeah, I, I, I felt at home because I was in someone else's shoes. I could inhabit that character fully and feel at home. And that's when I realized, oh, this is what I meant to do because I'm so much more comfortable in someone else's shoes than I am my own. And, and it you took know me what? a long time a long to get comfortable in my own shoes. Sorry, go ahead. Right, but no, but I was going to say that you seem so well-adjusted and it's hard to imagine that growing up really without a root, which was part of the story, a very eccentric mm-hmm. mother, but you always in your memoir point out, you never doubted her love. It was just the instability of being a child and not knowing where your pillow was going to be. Exactly. And luckily there were three of you. Are your sisters as good in their minds and heads as you are? <laughs> Oh, we're all, you know, what always amazes me about DNA is that you, you come from, and I see it with my nieces and, and my son, but you cut, you know, my sisters and I are so, my eldest sister and I are much more alike. And I also think that can be um, a middle child syndrome, you know, where you're stuck in the middle. I often right. hear middle children complain about being stuck in the middle. And, and my, my middle sister um, was stuck in between two even though me and Alexander are very different, um, my eldest sister was a ballerina, which the discipline you need to be a ballerina is insane. I mean, uh, she, which is, which is also quite um, a remarkable thing that my mother, who had studied ballet since the age of seven um, and was with the American Ballet Theater Company um, until she met my father, basically. It is amazing that someone from such a disciplinary background ended up such a free, wild, crazy, unorganized spirit. 
you know, but exactly. back to the sibling, you know, it, it, it just always amazes me that you can come from the same DNA and be completely different. We're all so different in our own ways and we interpreted things differently. And I think, you know, I write about the order you're born in and how I really do think that affects who you, who you become in the world, because I was so protected by them, by both of them. And, um, they, they didn't get along as well as I got along with both of right. them. And I think it's because they were much closer in age. And so they were both vying for my attention. Um, right. I mean, and they were and assuming the role in the family. Your big sister was, in a way, the surrogate mother and so disapproving absolutely. of your mother, which the others felt was a little complicated to do that. But the big one went right after her. She did. I mean, to the point where, and I, I do have a passage in the book. I asked for her permission, you know, um, if I could write it. But my eldest sister used to pick up the phone when she was 9, 10, 11 years old. And when it was um, one of my mother's boyfriends, she would say, my mother doesn't love you anymore and hang up. <laughs> and I understand why she did that. She needed, she was the mama bear. She was trying to uh -huh. bring normalcy into the household. Uh -huh. I was the one who was sitting on mom's lap every night after dinner, you know, getting kisses and hugs. Because mm -hmm. um, you it were was the sunshine so, girl. Right. And and that, too, is a moniker that can be crippling. a very hard thing to grow up with because when you become an adult, you don't want to stir the mud or, or say anything that will make anyone uncomfortable. You're always trying to make everyone happy. But in the meantime, you're not doing things you want to do, which is why I right. wrote about that long relationship I had, because ultimately when I finally got out of it, I realized I was really following what I knew with a mother who mm -hmm. I was always stepping on eggshells, not knowing if it was mm -hmm. going to be a good day or a bad day or what country we were living in. Right. It was easier for a... me yeah, to manage that than to right. say, no, this doesn't feel good. And to please, so here you are now, you finished the memoir, which is like a hundred years on a shrink's couch, even better. <laughs> and you did that. You've got your child. You have homes. Are you yeah. at home now? Have you found am, that comfort place? I really have. I mean, I'm so grateful and I feel so fortunate that I... I stuck with my path, which was uh, always I had a plan for myself after college. I always had a plan, um, which was I'm going to be able to support myself. I'm going to be able to do the work I love. And if I can't do the work I love, I'll find something else I love. If I couldn't afford it, if I couldn't make a living at it. And I forged ahead. And, you know, I waited. I, I waited. I watched diligently. Um, sort of how my parents' marriage, uh, well, I mean, I was too young, but they, they got yeah. divorced when I was one. But I, I, I watched diligently, my, you know, all the relationships that my mother went through. Um, my father had been married three times. I said, that is not for me. I don't want that. And I waited. And I was really going to be okay with not ever getting married. I was fine with that. The day I met my husband, I was in the best place I had ever been in in my own life. And working they do friends. say that. Sorry? I said you were working, you had friends, you had a life. Yes. 
I had a life. I had my own money in the bank. I had a career that I just loved. I was doing theater and working on The Sopranos. I mean, life for me, I was back in New York City and life for me could not have been better. And then I met my husband and I came to him as a whole person, not as a half person looking for someone to fill up the other half. I was already full. So he was just an adage to it. You know, he and I, and what I what I respected so much because my husband is six years younger than I am was that smart. I'll tell you, I was so impressed with how smart he was because I had dated a, a few men and my success at that point, you know, this is after ER and um, uh. it threatened them. It threatened men who were a bit older than me and. Um, possibly not as successful or maybe just as successful or it threatened them. So I never felt that we were on equal ground. But when I met my husband, my success was his success. Just as his right. success and, is my success. And he wasn't in your business, which is a plus. It's a huge plus. I, you know, there's only a handful of actors, I think, who are married to one another, you know, it was Paul Newman and, and Joanne Woodward, right? right? They did it great. And Kevin Bacon and, and, and Kira Sedgwick, who are friends of ours. And I always say, you're the only shining example of make it <laughs> of work, this, you know? Of how this works, yeah. But marrying a lawyer was yeah. better. It was, and, and also, it really helped me with the good life because in the beginning, I, I it's not a language I understand, you know, but... Um, all the legalese dialogue that you'd have to say. And I, I, I had my dictionary right there in, in bed next to me where I, when I was learning my script, I could say, wait, what am I saying here? What am I actually saying? And, and I, you know, I had no idea at the time when I met him that I'd be doing The Good Wife a year and a half later. But um, it you certainly are. paid off. <laughs> I'm yeah. talking to Juliana Margulis, Sunshine Girl, An Unexpected Life. Her book is now available in paperback. So you're at a great place. And if you could wave the magic wand and anything, you just have a buffet of choices of what you want to do next go round. Have you given a lot of thought to it or you're still nesting? I have. No, I, I have. I I feel so fortunate to be in a place. I feel like my next let's just call it my next chapter in my life, um, uh -huh. at least in terms of work, I have to, I'm, I'm being extremely picky um, because I know Why what not? goes, I, I throw myself into my work um, happily, but if I don't really believe in it and I don't really love it, I just don't want to spend the time away from my family. So, my next go round, um, I'm going to have more of an upper hand in it. We, I have a producing partner now, and um, it's nothing I can talk about, but hopefully in a few weeks um, we'll be able to tell you about it. But I'm, I'm trying to find a character that is so opposite uh, Carol Hathaway yeah. and mm -hmm. uh, Alicia Florek because I, I've been lucky enough to have such great writing. So to me, what I've been... What the most important thing, and every every actor will tell you, if it's not on the page, it's not on the stage. So it's such a collaborative effort, and I I have found the most incredible writer, um, and we're working on something. So I'll I'll let you know when that time comes. Okay, but I we're I excited. Do, I, 
I am going to, I'm done with the, I can't, I could never do 22 episodes again because uh-huh. it's just humanly impossible to, to do what I did. I look back at my years on The Good Wife and I can't believe I did it with a little baby at home. Uh-huh. Um, because if you really, really do the work, there's just no time to live. And yeah. I love living and I want right. to enjoy life. I, I really enjoy the company of my family and friends. And I want to, I want to celebrate that all the time. So um, my next foray will be eight to 10 episodes a year rather than, but I've been really having fun doing the morning show. I have to say it's been a vacation. I know we can't wait. It's coming back, right? It's coming back. And what's so great. And I always say to Reese, cause I see what she's doing. You know, she's executive producing. She's, you know, the star, one of the stars of the show. And I go, oh, honey, you have to That's take a me. breath. You, you can't, you can't have it all in one day. It'll happen. Let's slow down. Cause I can see what it does, you know, to her and she's got three children and it's, it's, um, it's a lot, it's a lot. And it's a great problem to have. Right. I mean, and there's no complaints. Well, so I we wish you con- continued success, happiness, sunshine girl. It's Juliana Margulis's new book. It's her book, but it's out in paperback now. It's a wonderful read because among her skills, writing. So she may end up going in all kinds of exciting directions. All the best to you and your family. I look forward to talking to you again. Thank you so much, Joan. It was so lovely to talk to you. I enjoyed it. I'm Joan Hamburg, and you're listening to WAVC. More ahead. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts.